the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. Mitch McConnell had a glitch. So now we're going to call him Glitch McConnell. He froze for like 20 seconds. I don't know why anybody didn't hit him in the face with a pie. That's how you wake somebody up from a dementia coma. We'll discuss that. But before I get into uh, the Hunter Biden thing, I received a phone call from a caller yesterday, and he asked me what I thought my chances were. I gave the chances of Hunter Biden, the plea deal being thrown away, and I said 5%. I first said zero. And the reason I said that is because I underestimated the corruption. Oh, I know, we're supposed to think this is a good thing. But no, it did not include immunity for lobbying without being a registered agent, FARA. The next plea deal, and there will be a next one, in my opinion, include this, because that's the evidence we've always had. You see, Hunter Biden is a, a buffoon. He's, he's not qualified to do any of the things he posed to have jobs and sit on boards or be an investment advisor. What, what Hunter Biden is is a bag man, and he's protected by the infrastructure of corruption. So I understand that we're supposed to be excited about this. So as we, as I went back into the courtroom, the hearing had just begun again. The judge was back on the bench, and she was pressing the prosecution on this investigation and the four corners of this plea agreement. One of the prosecutors said that the investigation was very much ongoing, and that she asked him, well, what is not covered in this plea agreement if you are leaving the possibility for there being other future charges? So then the judge said, would this include a possible FARA charge that's not registering as a foreign agent? The prosecutor said, no, the deal would not include that it was at that point that she had said to the prosecution um, you know if you were not good if you can charge that then what does this mean and the prosecutors actually she asked hunter biden's attorneys about that and he said well then there's no deal and the hunter biden's attorneys said there's no deal so this wasn't the lone ranger as a judge this is somebody who navigated the system to be appointed through a political corrupt scheme. She's just a pawn, a figurehead. It was Hunter Biden's lawyers that said, well, then there's no deal, which means it didn't include enough crimes to be held or to have immunity on. Scooter said, then there is no deal. So Biden's team said that the plea agreement, as far as they understood it, was now null and void. They were moving ahead to talk about what the next steps would be in this case. So as of right now, the deal appears to be dead and off the table. Uh, and it remains to be seen how they're going to move forward. But he has been charged with those two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. Uh, but one thing we learned is that this investigation is very much still ongoing. In the meantime, the day before his low-life scoundrel Democrat scum attorneys 
tried to pose as representing the Republicans, or it would appear so. Of course, by the time we get the evidence, it'll be past the statute of limitations. Let's start right. on this uh, this ploy, apparently, reportedly, that Hunter Biden's lawyers tried to uh, fool the court clerk. What happened? Well, I, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, if they actually did this, this this is, I mean, as wrong as it gets. So uh, I don't know all the details. I just know what's been reported. Um, but I do think your previous guest was talking about, will, will the judge allow this plea deal to go forward? Um, you know, we didn't have the testimony from the two whistleblowers. We didn't have their testimony saying that this was this case was treated different than any other case they worked with. It's supposed to be equal application of the law in the United States of America. That doesn't seem to be what happened here. The whistleblowers, Mr. Schaffer, Mr. Ziegler were very clear about that. So we'll see what this judge does. But I don't think this stunt that was, at least if we go on reporting this stunt that was tried yesterday, I don't think that's going to help the chances of this thing going forward. But we'll just have to wait and see what the judge does. So, I mean. And everybody's got a lot of faith in the judge because he was appointed by Trump. But Trump appointed a lot of judges, some of whom, most of whom, I would say a large percentage of whom he had no idea who he was appointing. But he was appointing people who had been put forward by the body politic. And the body politic on both sides, as far as I'm concerned, is as crooked as Grand Avenue. Yeah, you are. And we've been hanging our hopes on this establishment Republican Party for far too long. And who's still there? The cockroaches that have navigated the purging by the Tea Party and all the rest of our efforts to clean up our government. Who are some of the most notable scumbags? Well, ironically... Mitch McConnell, or as I like to call him, old lady face Mitch, is one of those scumbags, married to a Chinese shipping heiress who's lovely when Mitch McConnell isn't exactly lovely. lovely. But what he is is a representative hopes on. Let's go to Mitch the Glitch. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation. And a string of... Uh... Now, this is it, Squirrel. This is no editing. Oh! He, he goes into an absolute freeze. First of all, he's standing up there with his Aunt B hairdo, looking like he died last week and nobody told him. And this is the leader of the Republican senators. This is the head guy. He's as tied to the Chinese Communist Party as Hunter Biden is. And... Aside from that, I think he fell and hit that ball bearing he calls ahead, and we're pretending it's normal. He's just standing there, looking like a ghost. Now they start whispering. See, they start whispering because even the Republicans up there in their Brooks Brothers suits say, this doesn't seem right. It's been about 18 seconds of stupidity and silence. Somebody hit him with a pie. Hey, Mitch. Anything else you want to say? I'm sure go back to Do you want to Because <laughs> he's just standing there like a scarecrow. Hey, dummy, you want to talk or you want to leave? What the hell are you doing? Say anything else to the press? All right, so now a bunch of orderlies come over, and they escort him off a camera view, and they get a Republican to stand there. But the reporters, as dumb as they are, they didn't miss a trick. Let's go back to you. Go ahead, John. Could you address what happened here at the start of the press conference? And was it related to your injury from earlier this year where you suffered a concussion? Is that? No, I'm, I'm fine. 
Yeah, you're great. You just stay, you just stood there waiting for a crow to land on your head. You just stood there for 20 seconds. You're doing fine. Fine, you're fully able to yeah. do your job. Yeah. yeah, now go back to your office and wait for a sandwich because the reality is they don't do anything. They just sit there and arrange bribery. It's the only sector of our entire economy where there's absolutely no taxation and oversight when you bribe your preferred party. And our our entire hopes hang on a judge, a judge that was nominated and went through judicial review. And that brings me to arguably my favorite five minutes in government oversight in the history of the government. Senator John Kennedy, as we are now realizing just how many of these in very important positions, this is a nominee for a judicial nominee for the Biden administration. Congratulations to uh, to all of the nominees. Uh, Judge Mahalchek, you remember a case called Yenser v. Potter County? I have a recollection that I presided over that case. I don't know if I recall the details of it. Okay. Uh, and you were reversed. Is that right? I believe that was a case that I issued. Uh, I was a magistrate judge in that role and in the referral role on it, and it was reviewed by the district court, Yes. And you were reversed, right? I don't recall in that case if I was if the report and the recommendation was adopted in full or not adopted well, in the, full. The, but uh, yes. the, the higher court said you incorrectly analyzed qualified immunity and you incorrectly cited the 11th Amendment. Do you remember a case called Myers v. Clinton County Correctional Facility? I recall that case as well. And you were reversed in that case, too, weren't you? I believe I was. It was adopted in part. Yes. Um, do you remember a case called Dennis v. Sheridan? Yes, I believe I recall that case as well. <laughs> and you were reversed in that case, too? I believe that R&R was adopted, not adopted in full crack. There isn't a private company. There isn't a 7-Eleven where you could be wrong this many times and get a promotion. Because what this un- unattractive, homely person is, 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 is up for is a promotion where her job will be more important. Her judgment will be more necessary to decipher guilt versus innocence. But what she is is a loyal Democrat apparatchik. Yes. Okay. But you were reversed. It was not adopted, yes. Is that by the, the same thing as, as being reversed? It's a, it's a different... The district court declined to adopt the report and recommendation. The higher court said you were wrong. The district court disagreed with my report, yes. Yeah, okay. Do you remember a case called Shania v. East Pennsboro? Yeah, the Chennaias are pro se plaintiffs who have brought a number of cases, so I'm right, not sure which right. one you're referring to. I'm, yes. I'm just uh, uh, curious. You were reversed in that case, too, were you not? In part, yes. Okay. Do, do you remember a case <laughs> called Spanier v. Libby? Yes, I do. Um, you, um, The president of Pennsylvania State University was convicted of covering up child sex abuse crimes. And uh, you let him go on a habeas corpus petition. Well, if you haven't come to the conclusion that the Democrats are favoring pedophiles, then you're obviously unable to read or think. And the Third Circuit reversed you, is that right? I directed that a new trial should be held with with a different jury instruction, and the Third Circuit disagreed and and found that he was he had received the due process he was entitled to yes 
Well, the, the Third Circuit said you failed to cite, analyze, or properly apply the relevant case law. You were reversed, right? The Third Circuit reversed my decision, yes. Okay. Do you remember a case called Hassel v. Centric Bank? I vaguely recall that case, yes, Senator. You were reversed, weren't you? I believe the district court failed to adopt my op- declined to adopt my op- my recommendation. This goes on and on and on and on, thirty three times in her short career. And by the way, honey, you're up for an appointment. Put a little makeup on. Comb your hair, for God's sakes. People are going to eat later. KJP asked question after question. This is not about functioning, by the way. This is not about righteousness or what's legal. This is about being able to sell lipstick on the pig that is the corrupt Democrat mafia. Months ago, you said that nothing has changed when you were asked about the president's previous remarks on his son's business dealings. But the language has, in fact, changed. So I just want to clear this up once and for all. The president has previously said that he has never discussed overseas business dealings with his son. But the White House now says that the president has never been in business with his son. So why the updated language? Which statement is true? Or is this semantics and they're both true? Uh, As I stated on Monday when I was asked this question multiple times, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed on this. So don't think they're nervous about some judge who navigated this corrupt system. And just because who appointed him is a Republican means Jack. Because the government has one small message for all of us. Of course, we need to take care of our own citizens. But we're also a part of the global community. No, we're not. I'm not a part of this corruption. Are you? 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show, on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, there was a lot going on today. A lot going on today, there's no question about it. What's Hump Day Harris? A lot going on, and the Fed helped you out again. They raised rates. That's about it. Federal funds now at a range of five and a quarter to five and a half percent. That is the highest in 22 years. So all of the costs of debt, your credit cards, all have an excuse to be raised now and manipulate the economy. And people are under the impression that this system where Hunter Biden is already at a whorehouse having illegal aliens bring him crack uh, is somehow a win for us. I don't think it is. Well, there was another hearing going on, and I thought this was a wonderful point that this... Uh, uh, Congresswoman Lesko made. Secretary Becerra, I have the requirements here. Um, needed to become a foster parent for dogs and cats through city dogs and city kitties rescue in D.C. All the people who want to take a dog or cat into their home need to fill out an application, are interviewed by the rescue shelter, and their home is inspected. Mr. Becerra, does ORR inspect the homes of 100% of the prospective UC sponsors? Congresswoman, thank you for the question. Um, yes I, or no, please. 100%. Do you inspect the homes of the UC sponsors? We do a thorough vetting process of any sponsor. Do you, yes or no, 100% of the UC sponsors, sir, do you inspect the homes of the unaccompanied children proposed sponsors? We will often do home studies of Well, I guess that's a no. Sponsors. Uh, if, if you don't, which I assume you don't since you didn't answer yes or no, why is it that dogs and cats 
that are being foster parent in D.C. homes get a more thorough vetting and their homes are inspected and not the sponsors of unaccompanied children being put into homes. Because Democrats care more about the dogs and cats than they do people. We do a thorough vetting process that includes... Do you inspect all of the homes? We do a thorough vetting process of the individual. You're not answering. Okay. Who is the who are the people that work in this bureaucracy of stupidity? Because they're idiots, too. You see, it's just like you remember when you were going about your life. Who went to go work for the government? The connected and the morons. That's who went to work for the government. Another Florida congresswoman exposes this brilliantly today. Thank you, Secretary Becerra. I want to start with your attention here on this jar. Do you see this? Do you know what this is? Uh, Looks like candies or snacks. By the way, this idiot that she's asking, he's the head dude, the head guy. So he's not asking some pickle. She's not asking some pickle off the sidewalk what this looks like. He says it looks like candy. Really? Does it look like candy? Unfortunately, the reality is much more grim. These are wristbands that the cartels force people to wear when they cross the border. And if you're not wearing one and you cross the border, the cartels will take a limb or an appendage. This is what Listen, these Let's just explain that, Squirrel. There might be some CPS student who can't figure out how to change the station. That means an arm or a leg, stupid. ...are forced to wear, and it dictates what cartel they belong to, how much they have paid. And they are absolutely a, a part of the horrors of trafficking and smuggling that occurs at our southwest border. And I have to point this out because I want to tell the journey, because this has really been laid out in bits and pieces along the way by my colleagues. And we're here to talk about these kids. So if you could turn your attention to the screen real fast, I want to show a a quick photo uh, that I took. Uh, It was 1146 at night. I myself took this photo. That little girl that you see was acting terrified, not of the agents, not of myself, but of the man holding her. The very next day at the Donna Processing Facility, we threatened, and I was there to witness this, this man with a DNA test. He confessed that he actually was not her father, that he had rented her. This is a process called recycling. Now, I know we're here to talk about what happens to these kids after this point, but this little girl was then turned over to HHS custody, your custody, and you've talked at length today about the vetting process, right? And so you now know that this little girl... Not through a DNA test. She, she's not related to that man. She now is in your custody. You have your own case managers who are supposed to vet these processes. And we, of course, know this from the Florida Grand Jury. These case managers have very little training or no training in interviewing these individuals, particularly children and young children who have been traumatized. You can imagine that this man who you just saw on the screen, who, by the way, was a convicted sex offender. with this- Starting to see a theme? I'm starting to see a theme. The judge lets out the pedophiles, the coyotes, the cartels, all trafficking kids. And do you know, Squirrel, why the uh, Congresswoman Lesko, she asked about, do you go to the homes and inspect? Do you know in hundreds, if not thousands of cases, it's the same address? The phone number that they give, the same phone number? This child, you can imagine the trauma that that child had sustained. Your own case managers are not trained in examining, evaluating, or recognizing documents as authentic or fake. She came with no documents. They have no uh, official training when it comes to trauma-informed interviewing skills. Uh, No official training when it comes to investigating the safety or legitimacy of addresses 
All the employees are like the Chicago peacekeepers. Many of them read to which a UAC may be sent. Now, I don't know what happened to that little girl. But what I do know is that the sponsors that you claim to thoroughly vet, which I would love to get your definition of thorough, because you haven't been able to articulate that here today, it also would include the fact that these kids show up with numbers pinned to their clothes or sharpied on their bodies to call. Agents have reported in official testimony that these kids have the numbers, uh, the same phone number, uh, sharpied on their arms time and time again. Now, we've heard, of course, of situations where the same sponsor is being called and magically 20, 30, 40 kids end up with that sponsor. And again, I go back to your statement of we are you kidding me? That is a tremendous scandal. If a country had any integrity, any righteousness, they would be outraged. But instead, we all understand they're just Democrats. Later this week, senators will debate legislation to protect kids privacy online, which I've been calling for for two years. It matters. Pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. They care about the kids. They all care about the kids. Stop sniffing the kids, you freak. Stop showering with your daughter. Oh, she got too old. Never mind. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. He's 80 today, right? Jagger's 80 today. Yeah. See, I know some things. Not much about that stuff, but a little couple things. A couple big things. Now, Sinead O'Connor, she tore up the Pope's picture. The good Pope, too. Not this Marxist moron they got now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, Elizabeth Naftali, she's made more than a dozen visits here to the White House uh, and met with some of the president's uh, most senior advisors. Can you tell us a little bit more about those visits, why she was here? I would have to look into that. I've not, I've not been tracking the, these visits that you're uh, mentioning to me. She's an art buyer of Hunter Biden's. Did you know, Squirrel, that that crack-smoking sister-in-law, banging drug addict, degenerate pig, bagman? He's an artist. And um, his art sold at record prices. But if he made a copy and he signed it and sold it, do you know what the copy went for? $75,000. This tramp that they're referring to bought several of them. Several of them. In fact, when he first started to do it, he sold five in the first hour. Five copies at $75,000 apiece. It wasn't bribery, though. They liked his art. Open and notorious La Cosa Nostra. Only this time they're all pansies. Don in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, you know, when my son was in the Marine Corps, he used to go to uh, Thailand to do joint maneuvers for two weeks. And he said he was so disgusted with the people walking around the streets, 60-year-old men with uh, little boys in hand and little girls from Thailand. What's the difference between that country and our country right now? I think Thailand's government is less Marxist and less corrupt. (laughs) Thank you very much, Don. See, we got an answer for almost everything. Mitchell Displains. Hey there, Sean. Uh, the moon's in Scorpio. That's why all these people are crossing over, like Sinead O'Connor. Let's see what happens. Um, and by really, the way, I thought it was the vaccine. I got Dr. John Campbell. He's got some pretty good oh, evidence it's the vaccine, but go ahead. 
No, that's a good point, too. Um, you know, they're never going to tell you with the January 6th that basically 200 CHS uh, federal uh, agents were undercover on the day of January 6th. Do you notice that the last time somebody was charged with an insurrection, it was in 1962 with General Walker? That's the guy Oswald was supposedly shot, which was a false story. He was part yeah. of the John Burke Society, and he went to University of Mississippi, Oxford, and he had a shotgun and a uh, hatchet. And he incited a riot. Bobby Kennedy, after he brought in the military, got him arrested, put him in a psychiatric uh, ward for two weeks, and he got acquitted. Trump is never going to get charged, or he's never going to get basically thrown in prison over this, because it's a ruse. And the federal agents will never disclose how many. There are probably 500. The people that were basically that you saw were shot on a studio somewhere in Florida. It's the biggest ruse ever. Well, they used to say that about the moon landing, but now we have aliens. Well, did you see that? The moon landing, the rumor was it was Stanley Kubrick in Europe that shot the moon landing. I don't know. I'm still confused as to where the guest tanks were. However, it would appear we've got uh, aliens who may be the answer to all of our problems, because if they're from another world and they're advanced and they can travel, they're going to hate the Democrats as much as I do. Do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Biologics? Isn't that a. Uh, it means people are uh, beings, correct, uh, Squirrel? All right, that's what I thought. Um. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. George Naperville. Sean, Rocky Words is gone, and there's nothing we could do about that. But yeah, it's a tragedy. He's a little bottom-heavy, though. I like Chuck Gowdy. He had I'm, a big I'm afraid can. we're all skating on thin ice, Sean. Oh, see what he did there? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a words guy. I like the Hawks, but that whole corrupt, he's another trust fund baby, right? His old man was the short-in-the-pants gangster mafia founder, one of the founding fathers, and they got that whole liquor distribution. I could care less. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Sean, thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, your new phone sucks. Your new phone sucks. We're going to you, we're gonna have to get you all fixed up because that was absolutely terrible. In the meantime, let's go with a little Sexy bit more. Sexy as a devil, even in a high-pitched voice. That's right. Only I could pull that off, not him. Uh, let's go with a little bit more judicial nomination. Yes. Do you remember a case called Ramsey v. Amtrak? Yes, I do. And the uh, higher court reversed you in that case, too, didn't they? The district court concluded that I was correct in finding that he that the petitioner uh, did not pay a filing fee and where I had recommended that the case be dismissed, he granted the petitioner 30 days to uh, correct that. So you were reversed in part? Yes. Okay. Do you remember a case called McCracken v. Fulton County? McCracken? Yes, I do. You were reversed in that case, too, weren't you? I believe that was in part, yes. you remember a case called Verd, Bird v. Britain? I do. And were you reversed in that case? In part, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think it would be shorter if he asked her, were you ever not reversed, you stupid Democrat? You're, whoa, I'm sorry. 
you remember a case called Allen v. Lackawanna County Board of Commissioners? I believe I recall that case, Senator. And you were reversed in that case, too, weren't you? I believe I was reversed in part in that case, yes. You remember a case called Daniels v. Capital One Bank? Yes. And I believe you were reversed in that case, too? I believe it was, yes, I believe so. And in the Democrat Party, you get nominated for the federal court system. It'll be great. Hunter Biden, we'll be lucky if we don't have to buy him a Bentley. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Does that sound better? Yeah, much better. Great. Now you just sound like you were partying with Hunter last night. You sound hungover, but shoot. All right. Yeah, I'm out having a few days of vacation with my family and everything. I'm not watching any news or anything. But sure enough, across my phone and everything, a couple of things. One thing is the the Biden regime, uh, they basically uh, came up with some kind of new uh, digital government currency to save the world. And then they're basically they uh, cured cancer as we know it. I got a couple of friends and everything that have cancer and it's like really, really bad. Now, do I go somewhere and sign them up and everything, and then uh, to, to to get them relief from the cancer? And, no, uh, how Craig, do we, it's, uh, get a, the it's, a, it's a complete fabrication, like every time a Democrat opens his mouth. But in the meantime, they're kind of forced into a corner with these uh, these aliens, aren't they, Squirrel? Does the United States believe that there may be life outside of Earth? I don't have uh, a position on that one way or the other to speak to today. What have we decided to bomb them, or is this some sort of Russian? collusion theory we believe is that there are unexplained aerial phenomena that have been cited and reported by pilots uh-huh. navy and air force all right that these phenomena have in some cases had an impact on our training ranges on our pilots ability to fly train operate and stay ready um, uh-huh. that alone m- makes it a national security issue worth oh, worth boy. looking at we're going to bomb the aliens. Can the aliens at least pay off our national debt? 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. You know, Squirrel, did you ever read Chariots of the Gods? Did you ever read it? No? It's a very interesting book. Very thought-provoking book. Uh, You look at some of the scandal about Area 51, I think it's interesting that this came out now. We don't know. We don't have the answers about what these phenomena are. Otherwise, I guess we'd have a catchier name for it. What do you think they're going to... Think about what's happened to this country and to the world in the last three years. If there exist, you know they're going to know the evidence and they're going to know the scams and they're going to laugh at our inability to decipher truth from lies. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer and it looked at me like, why? So I wanted to play that because of uh, the call we had with Craig. We have to put that in context. I'm the first one to tell you when these rat bastards lie through their face. But he was answering a question, and I want you to hit least. If you do your- anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer, and he looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why, and we can. We end the cancer as we know it. 
So in all fairness to that rat bastard, he didn't claim that he cared. He said if you could do anything at all. I think it's important to have context. Otherwise, you lose credibility. 99.7% of everything this moron says is an absolute lie, like every other Democrat out there. Particularly in recent days, um, Bidenomics has become the buzzword of the West Wing. Maybe not the catchiest, but it's their <laughs> effort to try to really, frankly, claim credit for what they think has been a good economy. And that's the key for what they think has been a good economy. Now, you and I live in the real world, and we're affected by the plan of Biden's paymasters. Biden's puppeteers who are pulling the strings and controlling the most important thing to us all, our ability to possess our property. They raise rates. That's about it. Federal funds now at a range of five and a quarter to five and a half percent. That is the highest in 22 years. In their statement, Fed officials dropped the phrase about pausing to assess the state of the economy, replacing it with the committee will continue to assess additional information and its implications for monetary policy. Which means they can continue to do whatever it is they want to do to the cost and the velocity of money as they're steering it away from the people who earn it. As they're making your life more miserable, your ability to even sell things such as your house. As buyers now are facing interest rates we haven't seen in 20 years, 25 years. And that is what's detrimental to all of us. And that's the kind of stuff we need to focus on, quite frankly. And this needs more and more attention because uh, the fact that they're running on, on an economy they've destroyed in the shortest period of time of American history without a stock market crash, that's the scandal, on top of the numerous other scandals. So I don't need to mix in fake ones. Even if American voters, these polling suggests, don't necessarily feel that way. Well, you're exactly right. The economic narrative is what you have to have to win a presidential election. The White House is being very smart. to. But you didn't need that economic narrative to win the last one because you stole it. Yeah, you did. It's the only time in history a president with a thriving economy was sidetracked and sidelined because he bought the lie of COVID. And now we have evidence, and I'm wondering if people are going to start to focus on the real issue at hand. We've been treated like mushrooms on this, and it's completely unacceptable. It's just, it's just, anyway, we'll leave that point there. So one in 35 participants, uh, one in 35 recipients, rather, one in 35 who received the booster vaccine had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. I'm just going to read that out again. One in 35 people who received the booster had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. This is, this is a range of adverse reaction that is off the scale in healthcare, off the scale. And yet, and yet, in New Zealand and other places, it's still being actively and unethically, some might say, promoted. Um, this is just off the scale risks, off the scale, completely. The only way you would take this kind of risk in healthcare if the alternative was certain death Otherwise, you certainly wouldn't, you know, we just don't take this level of risk. It's just complete madness. What has happened here? So we don't have to go on the misinterpretation of what a dimwit with dementia says. We can go on the fact that what the government, our government, in a bipartisan fashion has done to this country is turn each and every one of us by fiat, by demand, by fascism, into a risk we would have never taken unless forced. That's the scandal. And what we need to assure our fellow citizens is that it will never happen again. And any politician, from your local to your federal, that forced and sat idly by and did not resist needs to be thrown out of office immediately. 
Al in Wisconsin. Well, all these sightings of these so-called space aliens, UAPs, maybe these creatures from outer space are about illegal aliens getting all this preferential treatment of free stuff, and they thought, hey, aliens, why don't we come down and get some of the goodies? <laughs> yes, I like that. So they're going to drop themselves right on the wrong side of the Rio Grande and swim over, so they're guaranteed a life of sustenance for the rest of their existence, because if they're socialists, their alien planet has gone bankrupt. And uh, they need to populate a new planet. I can't decide, Squirrel, if I want the E.T. alien with the, with the lighty finger phone home and the heart and all of that, or if I want that predator son of a gun with the dreadlocks, just to clean up some of these Democrat areas. I'm 50-50. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest, very interesting, very interesting woman. Aside from being a veteran on the front lines of Afghanistan, a Canadian veteran on the front lines of Afghanistan, she was injured and she was forced into medical retirement. She saw the need to help her fellow veterans around the world, so she started a company called Brass and Unity. And she takes 20% of the proceeds of Brass and Unity and she gives it to charities that helps veterans deal with everything from PTSD to all certain things that veterans face around the world. She also is the author of a book, Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. And she came on today to talk about another failed policy of government-provided health care, in my opinion. Because in Canada, there is a push to have veterans who suffer with PTSD to euthanize themselves something you would only think you'd read in a horror book. She is Kelsey Sheeran. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, and I'm great. I just got to say, before we go down this path, that might have been the greatest intro of all time I've ever heard in my life. And then to cap it all off with my favorite rapper of all time, I think yeah. you just uh, won me over thank for you. life. Oh, that means the world to me. And, and it means the world to so many people, what you do. And I mean this, because... If, if you know, I know we don't know each other, right? But half of the reason I got this show is I was never supposed to get it because I'm against every policy of government corruption there ever was. And mm -hmm. I think the biggest one is the bastardized foreign policy, which uses the youth in their in their countries, their patriotic youth. They blindfold so many of these kids with a flag and they send them off to profit from corrupt policy. And the ramifications of these kids being killed and maimed and injured, they're discarded. And I don't care what, you know, whether you're talking about Canada or America, we have so much of the similar policies, but this last 25 years is atrocious to me, what they've done to these kids. And you're one of these kids. And it's despicable yeah. because you come back and you're physical, but there's a mental injury that happens, isn't there? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, Number one, I'm, I'm glad to hear there are people that are fighting so viciously towards goals and healing of these individuals, because let's be frank about it. This is not 
this is this is kind of kind of come out in the past couple of years, but hate to break it to you, but uh, rich people like to send young people to war for a reason. They're smart enough to not actually have to go themselves. Here's the thing. There's always going to be wars fought in this world because we have men with egos driving them down the road. You know, I swear to God, you put some women in power and you're going to see something different happen for once. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, though, honey, you come to Chicago, you'll have a different p- opinion. you got to see some of these beauties. No. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's better ways to do this shit. And we're just, oh. at the, I, we're at the, you know, we're at this point in the world where I think our veterans deserve better. And I think enough of the world has woken up to that, that veterans do deserve better. This past 20 years has been atrocious, to say the very least. And then to have a pullout as, as just, wow. I mean, that's going to go down as one of the worst moments in United States policy. To be yeah. an, on the other end of it, too, as a Canadian and be involved, and then to see how poorly it was handled. I'm just glad there's people that are willing to talk about this. Well, Kelsey, I've, not, I, I've thought so many of the last 25 years, if not even before that. You could go 35, whatever. You want to go. So much of it has been for absolutely nothing except profiteering of policy. But Afghanistan is boondoggle that we should have never gotten into. But what you see is, is, is these kids that come back and are forever changed. And they, and they call it PTSD. When I was a kid, you know, I'm, right. I'm older than you. It was shell-shocked or uh, Vietnam. They were just ignored. And uh, the reality is it's because they have to live with a combination of things, not just what they saw and what they did, but the realization that all of it was in futility. And nothing embodies that more than Joe Biden administration and his cowardly uh, explanation or lack of as the pullout. And you're enriching the very guys we fought and you turn over a country that now has a military its own because we left all the stuff there. But the other side of the coin is these countries that pretend that they take care of veterans. And Canada is always pretended to take care of citizens. And unless you're a political junkie like myself, you don't realize the failings in the Canadian healthcare system. My favorite was the prime minister that went to the Mayo Clinic for heart surgery because he couldn't get one done in Canada. But the idea that we have now (laughs) promoting killing yourself, euthanization. Mm -hmm. I've got a guest coming on an hour after you, and he's a veteran too, and we're going to talk about the suicide rate and how insane it is among veterans when Canada, it would appear, is promoting the suicide. Do I, am I missing something? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Here's what happened. In 2019, if that's as far back as we can, we're able to track right now, right? So as far back as uh, 2019, Veterans Affairs Canada was quietly, very, very quietly, if you would call in and say, I need to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, I'm struggling with my PTSD or TBI symptoms, we had case managers quietly going, hey, have you heard about MAID, medical assisted in dying? And people were going, uh, that, what? Like, they were so shocked. So people started recording their phone calls. And then we had another individual named Christine uh, Gauthier, who is a Paralympian. She's a gold medalist, and she's also an Invictus Game medalist. She's a Canadian artillery gunner. She served honorably and was paralyzed during service. And she was asking for a wheelchair ramp and some new wheels so that she could get in and out of her house. And not only did they deny it over and over, they started offering her maid instead. So this started to happen and we people started to catch on. And then last year in 2022, the, it kind of broke, it broke in the media and the minister of veterans affairs went on the CDC West block with Mercedes Stevenson and said, as far as we know, it's only five veterans that have been offered case manager 
Now, cut to where we are in July of 2023, we have upwards of 20 individuals who have written an audio proof. And that's just who we can tell. We know it's multiple case managers across the country. And here's what's wild, and this is going to blow your mind a little bit. And for your listeners, start paying attention. In Canada, we used to be one of those countries that would offer medical assistance in dying only to terminally ill patients. Like anybody else, you have the right to die with dignity. Here's where it gets wild. As of this year, they tried to, and it's been tabled because there's so much pushback. Canada is now offering made medical assisted in dying to not only veterans, but people with mental health disorders and things like fibromyalgia. Let me tell you why that is a problem. It becomes a problem because now if you're having a bad day, which all of us have, and you get to the point where you think you want to take your life, you can walk into a hospital in Canada and within 24 hours, they can literally kill you. So they're also looking at extending the sound of children that are to the age of 12. To the age of 12. And this will be pushed through. It's been tabled until March of 2024 as of right now. But they're extending it to people with mental illnesses. So depression, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, Let's take a guy with mental illness and, and give him the option yeah. to kill himself. Which, listen, right. I feel the way you do, right? I mean, listen, I watched my mother die of cancer and the last seven days, that's when you pray that they, they do, right? Because they're suffering right. so much. A very good friend of mine's mother went through the exact same thing on Monday, and she was 50 pounds. I mean, so I, I, in those cases, I understand that you want to give somebody enough morphine so that they're out of pain. But to introduce this to somebody who is clearly crazy and can't make a decision, can't sign the legal legal contract and that is anybody under the age of 18 and when you focus if you've ever had kids yeah okay go ahead it's even worse i don't know if i can handle worse but go ahead well i i believe in you ready so (laughs) in british columbia the fraser Healthcare got caught because we got a hold of the um we got a hold of the slideshow and uh, we leaked it to the daily mail and they start they were sending it to pensioners so at the end of your hard work when you've done all your work and you're like, I get to sit back and live now and just live. They were excited to show you the new opportunity called made. And they put you through a slideshow that told you how to do it, how to go through it, how quickly we can do it. And then apologize that 24 hours was how long it took. Let me reference something for you in Canada. When you call 911 and someone's having a mental break, we will legally hold you in a hospital for 72 hours to protect yourself from yourself. Now you're telling me, if I feel depressed that day, I can walk into any hospital and decide to die. Oh what are we doing here? Well, I, I, this follows a theme. I mean, it's been decades, in particular, uh, Marxists, communists, socialists. They hate people. If you look at the agenda of, of, of the way in which they sell their answers for for what they call climate change the problem is always Mm -hmm. there's too many people there is a concerted effort by the body governments around the world to get rid of people because they don't like them and ultimately their schemes you know as you're talking you got to remember you're talking to a guy who is a 
die in the, they call it capitalism, but it's really propertyism. And this is the philosophy of all socialism because none of these schemes work. I'm also from Illinois, which practices American communism. Their pension sch- schemes work. They don't work. They can't pay to people. It's all a fracking lie on paper like a Ponzi scheme. So the greatest thing that could ever happen to the Illinois politicians is when a new pensioner dies. Now they don't have to pay off on the lie. So this right. is all tied to getting rid of people who are in the way, who are in a nuisance, because this is just like their foreign policy themselves and their kids and their relatives will never go away. So they're never going to get offered made. But all the people who well, are on the why, dole will. Yeah. And that's why veterans, though, are were the first people they started kind of offering it to that weren't terminally ill, because we are Afghanistan and Iraq veterans. And the majority of us or a very large subset of us from NATO and the United States and Canada, everywhere else, joined at 18 years old, which meant for if us, if we did stay in, most of us did deployment and multiple deployments at that. And by the time we got out, we're like, what, early 30s, late 20s? That means you have to look after that injured veteran until end of their 50 years. Of course. That's so much money. Kelsey, I, 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 you know, I want to listen, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. I love Canadians. And, you know, back then, the Blackhawks in Chicago, we had so many Canadians and it was wonderful. And you would start to look into exactly what it was. And, and I heard, especially around the 80s and 90s, oh, Canada's okay. It's, you know, it's kind of got this working socialism. And I would be like, I don't know if that really works that well. And then what I saw over the last three years, how slaves Canadians are. You couldn't even leave the country. Done. You have no choices. If you do, after COVID, you can't leave for more than six months. You have to go back, even if it's for an hour. I mean, this is servitude, is it not? How else do you describe your system? It's really hard because, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in a different system, right? My parents grew up in the era where the first set of Trudeaus were in, right? And then after that, it's conservatives, right? And those guys... I was all for them. And listen, I'm not actually considered a conservative. If I look at my values, I have pretty middle values across the board, like almost on everything. But what has happened in Canada is we've allowed this individual to come into power who has no education, has no, like he has no idea what he's doing in terms of politics, foreign politics at that. Um, he doesn't understand a clear, clearly economics or immigration policy just based off of the, the, recent history with our exploding population um, and our inability to afford to live in this country, whether you are left or right, this is not, in my opinion, this, I'm sorry, it's not a left or right issue. This is a person, one individual who is making calls who our own government, our thesis department, which is like your version of the CIA, came out with documents this year and last year showing and correlating Beijing to Trudeau and paying this government off. We have so many leaks. We've found so many spies in the past two years. All I'm saying is I'm being pushed in a direction politically. I never thought I would lean. And it's because so much has happened and so much evidence is there that I don't have an option, but you do have people during the protest. I don't know if you were aware of the trucker protest. Oh, how very. That was. Come on. This is all I do. Yeah, I don't watch so- men in tights chase balls. This is it. <laughs> You know, I uh, my parents are long haul truck drivers. OK, I come from a very hardworking family. I'm very proud of that. And when I saw those people stand up, of course, it made sense. It was people like my dad, my dad, you know, the people that would be weeks away for their families to make barely any money to feed. like these people are selfless. These people will do give you the shirt off their back. So, of course, it was truckers that started it. These people yeah. are no joke. 
And we were like, think about this. How many times in America do you guys have a protest and your entire city doesn't start burning down in 24 hours? Canada kept a protest going nationwide in a capital with no violence for months. Well, Kelsey, you know, that, that side of our that we side of our government violence. is is the Marxist mafia. And I'm going to I got a couple things I want to tell you. Number right. one, I'm not a conservative. And this, I've been labeled a conservative. This is uh, what the show, the, the the station, all label. I don't, I don't pay attention to label, labeling by morons. Number one, number two, I believe in the in the absolute freedom and liberty of the Enlightenment, and that's called Americanism. It used to be. It's been contorted, and half of the reason it's been contorted is because a lot of people call themselves something that they shouldn't. So I don't think that's that's something to worry about on that front. The other thing you have to realize is I'm I'm fully aware of the Trudeaus. And Pierre Trudeau oh, was a Mao Zedong communist sympathizer, as you remember. You're probably way too young. Mm-hmm. But in the 70s, he went there for a trip that lasted quite a while. And when he came back, yeah. he had been a Maoist. He is a Maoist. And he taught that to his kids. And if I remember correctly, this movie star actor is the son of the of the schizophrenic lunatic that slept around in Studio 54. And he wanted to live up to daddy's ideology. So that's why you've got an, an, an illusion and a corruption that is only second to the Biden family. So we're in the same soup, but you're a little further down that's the right. path. And when you see that's this right. open and notorious call for people to kill themselves, that needs to be, uh, people need to be aware of it. Is this written in the book that you wrote, uh, Brass and Unity? So made has been something that just came to my attention. It's when I finished the book. Brass and Unity follows me all the way up to and just through the Afghanistan pullout and a couple months after. So Maid came to me and got leaked to me and all this information came forward just months after. So of course you know I'm writing a second one already. Good. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to keep writing, but I got to tell you, this book follows me through, you know, the decade of over pharmaceutical, you know, the overprescribed ph- pharmaceutical intervention by the government to kind of keep me in Way. It follows me finding the path through that, using con- unconventional methods, finding um, finding healing in a community, and 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 really gets in depth and personal about my life, everything from you know my marriage to my son to you know everything. I really I poured my heart into this, and the reason I did is because most of the things I spoke about, every single person in this world listening to any of your listeners, whether you're male or female, you go through this stuff. We all do. Um, there's a voice that plays throughout the book. And that pipes in and uh, it's the negative self-talk. It's the voice we all have in ourselves when we feel like we're not good enough or we, you know, we're frustrated or we're just, when it gets really bad, it's, it's the really negative self-talk that tells you that you shouldn't be on the face of the earth. So I wanted to bring a really open, vulnerable, true way um, forward with this book and, and show you like we're all, we all go through this, whether we're military or not. And the other thing I loved about what I was able to do was, I want people who know veterans and know, and you know, first responders, if you're not understanding, you're like, hey, I had this friend come home, but I don't know why they are the way they are. I just don't, and I don't know how to help. And they think there's nothing wrong. Like, I want you to read this. I want you to read so this I- because you're going to understand an entire population of people that, you know, unless you're reading like a Navy SEAL book and it's kind of about, you know, their war, rah, rah, this is something different. This is something so different. I'm telling you the depths of what that behind that raw, raw looks like. The book is Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. She is Kelsey Sheeran. Thank you. And I want you to come on when, before you launch the next one. I want to I get an advanced copy. I wouldn't mind a signed one either. 
We got a deal? All right, we can do that. We can do that. And I'll come on and break before the TV series comes out as well. How's that? I love it. Thank you so much for making time. And thank you more for coming back and having the courage to do something about it and, and donating a part of your proceeds of Brass and Unity. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So in an appropriate time in Studio Xanadu, sponsored by HighTideCream.com, um, they had the, the football player. I don't really watch any of it. I don't, I don't know much about it. But I do know that he had a heart attack at a very young age, Hamlin. And ironically today, there was Dr. John Campbell, who is on a mission to expose the lie, both of the origins of COVID, but more importantly, the profiteering afterwards in Big Pharma. Now, if regulators around the world don't take notice of the information I'm about to give via this paper, then they are at best, in my view, negligent. At worst, I don't even want to think about it. After Moderna booster vaccines in a trial done in Switzerland, there were 777 uh, working people followed up with 777 controls. 5.1% of those who had the booster vaccine had increased troponins, indicating cardiomyocyte damage. So 5.1% increased cardiac marker damage chemicals in the blood. 2.8% of the 777, that is 1 in 35, 1 in 35 had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. Starting to explain a lot that's in the news, isn't it? I mean, I know I'm not the only one that when somebody dies, what's the question you ask? Were they vaccinated? Quite astounding and uh, incredible. That's what this is about. If you want to watch, stick around. I think I can get through it all in about sort of the main points in about 10 minutes. I'd be surprised if it's still up on YouTube, but his name is Dr. John Campbell, and he's been on a mission since the very beginning of deciphering what we all know. Everything we heard from the governments around the world was a lie. If you want to stay. Um, just before we do that, we'll just look at this advert from New Zealand. Um, now, uh, the uh, advertisers in New Zealand say here, we all need to do our part, so vaccinate, stay up to date, and be an everyday hero. And the They're marketing to kids with Marvel comic heroes. They're marketing to 12-year-olds. They're marketing to under 12. Pictures of these comic people here. And uh, that's from, sponsored by Pfizer BioNTech. Now, the idea that there's all these comic people here, I think it's Marvel Comics, um, doesn't really grab me. So I can only assume it's aimed at an audience, shall we say, <laughs> younger than me. Um, some of you might consider that is quite outrageous and utterly unethical. Anyway, let's get down to the business of today, because this is really quite an impressive study by cardiologists and scientists. And they go through the data and they comb over the data. We've been treated like mushrooms on this, and it's completely unacceptable. It's just, it's just, anyway, we'll leave that point there. So one in 35 participants, uh, one in 35 recipients, rather, one in 35 who received the booster vaccine had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. I'm just going to read that out again. One in 35 of people who received the booster had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. This is, this is a range of adverse reaction that is off the scale in healthcare, off the scale. And yet, and yet, in New Zealand and other places, it's still being actively and unethically, some might say, 
promoted. But it does explain so much of the unexplained deaths. Countries around the world experience over 18% unexplained deaths over the last year and a half. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. Listen, Sean, uh, is there anything that these uh, Democrats don't blame the Republicans for? Like Hillary Clinton saying that uh, the reason why we got this heat wave is because they didn't vote for the Inflation Reduction Act? Come on. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich. They can't face the fact. They can't face the facts of what has happened and what their policies lead to. But this particular policy, of what we've experienced over the last three years, is by far the most outrageous. And yet, it doesn't have the attention. It does now. Why doesn't it have the attention? Well, you could argue we've got other things afoot, other insanity happening from around the world. Uh, Mr. Secretary, you 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 know what the number is, don't you? Number that Mr. Gates was trying to get an answer, get a response from. You know what that number is, right? Congressman, I would be pleased to provide this committee, you, Mr. No, no, Chairman. You, you, uh, with, no, you don't so know if now. You can't get a number, if you can't get a number of simple math of what's happening in this country, how are we going to get to the bottom of what happened with COVID? And there's a lot of attention about Hunter Biden, and, I, and rightfully so, and it should be. But can we walk and chew gum at the same time? Because to me, this is... This has to be exposed. This has to be prevented from ever happening again. Myocardial injury after COVID-19 vaccine. This is the Moderna mRNA-1273 booster. Department of Cardiology and Cardiovascular Research Institute of Basel in Switzerland, of course. Uh, Now, this is published in the European Journal of Heart Failure. It's an open access journal of the Heart Failure Association of the European Society of Cardiologists. So top flight stuff. This paper is accepted. It is peer-reviewed. It's not yet published. We've got a preprint, uh, not a preprint, a, a pre-release copy because it's not a preprint because it is peer-reviewed and a fully accepted paper in an international peer-reviewed reputable journal. Um, it's a prospective active surveillance study. So they started, they went forward, collected the data as they went on, and it's active surveillance. They were actually looking for things. In the past, what we've had is uh, retrospective passive surveillance. So it's been passive in the past. People- the CDC has been admitted and has been caught exaggerating the numbers during the beginning stages of COVID of deaths attributed to COVID. Pfizer, we now know, has been paying government officials to rubber stamp policies that have enriched them to the tune of a trillion dollars. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. Now we have the data, the absolute evidence, that one in 35 people who were both vaccinated with both shots and one booster... One in 35 had the side effect of myocarditis. That's just that disease. What about the other ones? You know, the Jimmy Leg, the Bell's Palsy. Um, this is just off-the-scale risks. Off the scale, completely. The only way you would take this kind of risk in healthcare, if the alternative was certain death, otherwise you certainly wouldn't, you know, just don't take this level of risk. It's just complete madness. What has happened here? We now know the money that gets pushed into politics. We now know the fact that the Communist Party in China has been bribing politicians. 
I think we can do two things at one time. I also want to know all the profiteering and all the money. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. One in 35 is outrageous, and that's just myocarditis. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Kevin Spacey found not guilty, squirrel, by a jury in London, England. You know, I read a whole thing about how he was attacked and it was staged because of the show he was on on Netflix called House of Cards. You ever watch it, squirrel? You know what it was about? Political corruption. Oh, it's true. And uh, it's interesting in this climate of Rachel Levine. Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical. Kevin Spacey is attacked for being homosexual, although I understand that he was. What did he do? He groped an 18 year old. Well, by the Biden standards, that's fair game. Hunter Biden's got two 18 year olds right now. Serving him a little crack and bringing him a stack. How rare is it that, as a prosecutor that you are walking in for this type of hearing and you are walking out perhaps with the deal falling apart? It's very, very rare. Sometimes you do have a miscommunication about what the scope of, as we'll call it, the coverage is. How much is this person covered moving forward? But that is, in some sense, the most important issue in a case. Look at this case. If Hunter Biden pleads to one or two or three tax misdemeanors, it's two in this case. That's fine, but the, the agreement here is no prison time. The bigger concern is, is he covered for anything else? Is he going to get a pass from DOJ? For- <laughs> Squirrel, what's the under-over? Could you call Rivers and find out what the line is? Because he's the only guy I know who's got a gun beef, and he's still carrying a gun. President Biden has spent most of his political career working on gun laws, on gun reform. Does he believe that someone who is charged with possessing a firearm illegally should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So here I'm going to be, uh, I think I know where this question is going, uh, and I'm just going to continue to say, as it relates to this, the case that we're seeing in Delaware, I'm just going to not speak to that. Uh, it is an independent matter. This is up for the Department of Justice. Even with the question that you're asking me, it's up to, uh, it's up to, it's a, it's one of those legal criminal matters, and it's up to. What do you think the aliens think, Squirrel? The aliens aren't happy with this. The aliens know what a scam is. Now, I know many people have been following the news in Delaware today and have, and we're going to have a lot of questions. And so here's what I'll say at the top before I turn it over to uh, my colleague, the Admiral. Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and this was a personal matter for him. As we have said, the president, the first lady, they love their son and they support him as he continues to rebuild his life. This case was handled. That's the angle, squirrel. Drug addict, rebuilding his life, can't hold his past crimes against him. And the whole thing, except for that pesky little absolute and total proof of evidence that Joe Biden has been corrupted for decades convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. You notice how it's all gone quiet? All gone quiet in Ukraine. I mean, the evidence is quite clear of exactly how bad everybody's losing. 
The U.S. State Department says Russia is escalating its attacks on Ukraine, sending missiles to hit important port towns, residential buildings, and even UNESCO World Heritage Sites. WENY Washington correspondent Rachel Knapp joins us live this evening from the U.S. Capitol with more on this tonight. Rachel. Good evening, Renata. So officials say Russia has sent a barrage of drone and missile uh, strikes against Ukraine, targeting some critical. But didn't we just send cluster bombs and all that? What about that? What about the money? Where's all the money? What about Yatsenyuk? Went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there is another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had. So how can he sustain? It has to be an impeachment. It has to be some call to remove immediately. There has to be some investigative material that will save us. The FBI is refusing to hand over that document that you subpoenaed. It, it allegedly proves that President Biden was involved in an illegal bribery scheme with a foreign national. In a letter to you, the agency writes this. It wants to, quote, avoid revealing information, including unverified or incomplete information that could harm investigations, unfairly violate privacy or create misimpressions in the public. So what do you say, Squirrel? On Friday at five o'clock, just a prediction, little prediction, there will be a new plea deal. And it will include the Farah. Because the princeling is not going to go away for Jack. There has to be some saving grace that will somehow resurrect maybe another scandal. Maybe another instance of climate emergency. After all, it's the hottest it's been in 125,000 years. Can't you focus on the real problem? Well, the media has become obsessed with scaremongering, screaming the hottest day ever, hottest day in 125,000 years. Let's find out what Ian Feimer thinks about it. Ian! Well, that's total BS. These are activists. Uh, you can count on a sawmiller's hand the number of real journalists we have reporting on climate. They didn't tell us that the 1930s in the U.S. was much hotter than now. And it's not... The evidence is everywhere. Will there be enough courage to stand up to the fascism? We'll find out after our next break. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next dress, guest is one of the warriors that has fought for his country. He is a retired United States Marine Corps Infantry Major with over 24 years of service. Both enlisted and as a commissioned officer, his career spans 10 deployments, 60 different countries. He's also the author of a book, Echo in Ramadi, the first-hand story of a U.S. Marine in Iraq's deadliest city, and the executive director of Save the Brave. His name is Scott Husing. Scott, how are you? Sean, best intro ever. Thank oh, you for thank having you. me on the show. Back in uh, my old stomping grounds, as I was talking to your producer, I was born in Waukegan, Illinois, and lived in the north end for a while, in Wrigleyville, so it's good to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if you're watching the news, but it, uh, it's not good anymore. But uh, when you were here, it was good. And uh, you joined, how old were you when you joined? I, I just turned 18 and then went off to you know Marine Corps boot camp in San Diego 
in uh, 1989. And, uh, you know, I, I, this is not a true confession. I've shared this before. You know, I barely got out of the Waukegan public education system with a stellar 1.24 GPA, joined the Marines, did much better in college at Illinois State, and then got my commission. And, again, some 10 deployments and, you know, 24 years of service later, um, you know, that's where another story picks up with, with my passion to continue to serve. But I, I share that not to, you know, do self-deprecation, but it's an example of what the military does for young men and women and uh, the drive it gives them to be successful in life. And that, that's an important message that we're sharing as well as I ride my Harley across the country. And I just finished a couple hours ago here in Savannah, Georgia, 3,000 miles. And we're, you know, we're trying to not only connect veterans, but also inspire another generation to see the benefits of military service and how important that is with this, you know, crisis we're having with military recruitment and all the veterans we connect city to city, nine cities, nine days, triple digit heat. Uh, That's what I really want to emphasize this year and try and not talk about all the sadness and darkness that, a lot of organizations like Save the Brave were born out of through loss and sacrifice, but all the greatness that our veteran community is doing every single day. Well, Scott, I'm going to help you with future interviews because I think you're going to do a tremendous amount of them. So never allude to your GPA. Just tell people you were bored in grade school because the public school system sucks. All right? You give yourself the quick pass, and you give a shot to the public school system. I think it's a win-win. Uh, but there's another ramification that you're facing. And that's the ramification of what happens to the individuals who have their life changed, oftentimes for the best, like you just talked about. Truly the best, right? You can inspire, give kids a chance. I remember I grew up in a, in a hard neighborhood, worked in a harder neighborhood, and a lot of guys from the inner city where I worked, they had one way out, and that was to join the military. And it serves a very good purpose, specifically if you're lucky enough to be in a, in a time in history, in American history, where you're not uh, uh, sent to these meat grinders. But you were, and so many of the veterans were. And a lot of times when they come back, they're not as motivated as you for some reason, one reason or another. A lot of guys are haunted, and a lot of guys suffer. And a lot of guys, unfortunately, are not talked about. And they're the homeless or the people who commit suicide. But that's where you come in and create Save the Brave. Tell us a little bit about that. We started this eight years ago, and... Again, born through tragedy, one of my squad leaders, Simon Lickie, who I, I wrote about, Neko Nermadi, you could read about him. Uh, we flew a bunch of the Marines up to support the family. And they went to Minnesota, and we came back. We said, we want to do more. And so one of my young Marines who served under my command, Nick Velez, he said, sir, let's take some guys fishing. So we created the nonprofit. We took some guys on water. That was eight years ago. Last year, we did 32 offshore fishing trips. This year, we have 20. We started a jiu-jitsu program. We have a scholarship for the nice. children and deserving family members of veterans committed suicide. So this is, this is important to us for this, this reason, Sean, is these aren't statistics to us. I've lost 12 guys in, in my command and in, in the battalion I served with during that time. I've lost dozens more that I knew personally. Uh, one of my good friends who's an Army vet is out here riding with me since year one. And his brother was a Marine and committed suicide two years ago. And his niece, Kayla, was the first recipient of the State of the Brave Scholarship Program. And we went up to San Francisco last year and gave her a check for $10,000 because we want to change people's lives. And if your listeners are tuning in 
they can do the same thing. You don't have to ride your Harley to do it. Go to SaveTheBrave.org and just donate something. Ten bucks, what you'd normally pay for a cup of coffee, or fifty bucks for a tank of gas, or a thousand of what you pay in California, and do that. You know, so you can make a difference and make an impact. So you're 18 in in, in uh, 1989, and I'm only three years in front of you. So we're roughly the same age. And it's funny because uh, when I was little, I was born in 67. You were born in 70, correct? 69. Oh, okay. So when I was little, I had an uncle that had come back from Vietnam, and he was quiet. And uh, he didn't talk much. He was my godfather. And um, I would get the story from my mother. And she would tell me, yeah, Uncle Mike, you know, he was forever changed in Vietnam. And it helped me with a lot of my policy because I also had relatives that fought in World War II. And I saw the difference in the way in which society had treated both different veterans. And I'm wondering, how did society treat you as you were a veteran and Ramadi? What was it like for your guys that came back? Because you were older at that time, but your guys were younger. What did they experience? Were they welcomed? Or were they ostracized? They were welcomed. I think that it, it, to to a point, it was almost too much for them to consume. It was it's overwhelming at times the amount of support at that time. But as the war dragged on in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, a nation can only take so much. And there's war fatigue. That's a real thing. And then it's promulgated through mainstream media and social media. So it, that that has been an ebb and flow. But what's important too to note is our Vietnam era veterans, our Korean war veterans that didn't enjoy that. I think through social media, through my generation of war fighters, actually talking about it, it's given them a little bit of license. And then sadly with the failed withdrawal of Afghanistan, there was one more thread in that rope that, that bound our Vietnam vets to what we experienced, Sean, because it was a 20 year war it was a, a battle against insurgent forces, and it was uh, a, a protracted and, and horribly planned exit strategy by the senior administrators. And I tell every veteran, whether I'm talking on a radio show or in person, you are winners. And everybody at the tactical level did their job. The failures were not by one administration or two, but three. That's how long our war went on. Yeah. And a lot of guys do struggle with that, and they, they didn't feel that, that victory. And, you know, here's the thing. We're never going to have a Bastogne. We're never going to go yeah. back to Europe and to Normandy and France, and, you know, the Afghan people and the, and, and the beautiful people of Iraq are never going to say, hey, please come back. We want to celebrate you. No, because we went in and we did our job, and what Marines are great at is – breaking stuff up but what we're yeah. really bad at is building stuff up and we didn't have a plan for that and i think a lot of guys and, and women in the veteran community they struggle with that and everybody deals with it in their own way and what we're doing at save the brave.org is we connect veterans we do it in a safe space we do it so they can connect and, and be empowered to understand like man i can do this i can ride i can be an author i can start a restaurant i can go into the private sector and by doing that, it brings them back to us so many times that they serve us, and, and that's what we want to do for them. You know, Scott, I am so I'm a, a junkie on this stuff, okay? But I am so against so much of the government's policies because of what you're dealing with right now. It's almost as if the the, the veterans are collateral damage as well, because once they're out, what do they really get? What do they really get? 
They get some half-assed health care system. And then they get forgotten, for the most part. And, you know, I remember in the beginning, and there was an argument, was it 22 guys a day or was it 16? If it's one, it's insane. How do you turn your fracking back on all these guys? And we're affiliated here at the station with Tunnel to Towers, which is a wonderful organization. And I had the, the benefit of talking to these guys, and, you know, they said a statistic to solve homelessness, it's $4 billion. That's a slippage error. We blow $4 billion. The Pentagon lost $6 trillion. We can't even find it. Isn't this something that needs to be brought to the forefront on a constant basis? And I'm listen, when it comes to government policy, I'm against 99.9%. How isn't there one that helps these guys after they're released? They just kind of walk away. They forget about them, right? Well, I'm sure it's not lost on you as a guy that talks for a living, but there's a time for talking and there's a time for doing. And that's what I did over the last 10 days is, you know, I shut everything off. I got on my Harley and I rode across the country and we connected thousands of veterans in, in all these cities we hit and all the gas stations that we lived out of. And, awesome. you know, you're right. The, the, the big organizations, big government has failed and they love to use veterans as props. Uh, there's commercial organizations that love to parade guys across Super Bowl commercials and use them as props when they really need is some solid concrete support. And that's that's not just the VA, but Tunnels to Towers, Save the Brave, and there's other great organizations that fill these gaps that the VA is either unwilling or incapable of doing. And that's why we've built this amazing network of veteran nonprofits that are doing the right things for the right people, for the right reasons. And we do it because we continue to serve and we, we love that. And I understand that that's not everybody's jam, Sean. It, it, not everybody has the capacity to do that. And I'm very humbled and, and honored to still be able to do that. And I'm going to keep doing it as long oh, as I, I can, it. as long as I can grab the handlebars of my bike or, or travel around the country and speak to great organizations and be a part of your program that shares important stories like this to, really, I guess, serve as a call to action and, and say, do something and, and figure out what you're great at and just be great at what you're great at. And that's the, the first step in connecting. And I, I couldn't be more proud of the team that supported me you know, over the past 10 days and the reception we got in every city. But it, it, is, it, is, it is a shameful badge that uh, I think America wears that you know, we don't do better with policies. And none of us signed up. To get anything for free, we didn't expect a cold watch when we retired. But you know, there should be standard uh, things that veterans who serve, and, and also policies that protect and, and enable the guys that served alongside of us. All the yeah. contractors, our interpreters, the medical staff that weren't, you know, sworn to uniform service members. They they're in, they're entitled to that. I believe that's just my my. Oh, own I couldn't opinion. agree more with you. And and you know, when you look at the. When you look at the way warriors are used by cowards, that's the part that infuriates me. I dig through the numbers. I see the frauds and the scams and the contracts to build houses for the Iraqis. Not a house was fracking built and the contract gets paid. This is something that they sweep under the rug the whole time using what all Americans love. Our boys, our girls, you know, the guys who sign and fight, they use you and they blindfold people with the flag. And then they steal from everybody. And that's the part that fries me, man. And, I, and I'm not the guy that was over there fighting and doing it. You were. I can only imagine. But when you look around and you see these guys wandering around, 
And you realize how much of that is mental fatigue of them coming to the realization of exactly what you're complaining about and the people that they encountered and the wreckage that they saw that they would have never went about. So there's so much in this one little, not little, but in this one issue. There's so much in it. And I think it's important for guys like you who were from the infantry to the guy in the boss to all of it to now retired and how many guys are relying on you driving your motorcycle, raising money? I mean, it's just something that there should be more people, more help. And that's why I'm going to ask everybody to go to savethebrave.org, right? Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, we're just trying to do our small part as, as, as part of a team. That's how we're trained. And that's how we organize this ride. And that's how we organize everything we do at Save the Brave. And, I, man, I just want to say thanks again, Sean, for – your passion and, and your commitment to sharing great stories like well, this. I'm going to go I, I really on. I'm going to go on myself. I'm going to go on myself and do do a little something. But but my main thing is what's what's it like when you ride around and when people realize what you're doing? Is I I, I think I know the answer, but what's the reception across the country? Gratitude, yeah. and for me, it's extremely humbling. It's support that is exposed every time I look in my rearview mirror and I see. 20 Harleys or 50 and cops escorting us in, you know, 74 miles in Texas from Pecos, Texas to Odessa with a state police escort. And because they care. And it's not lost to me that sometimes it's during the week, they take off their regular jobs and show up and they want to be a part of something and, and give. And that, that's how it makes me feel. You know, I, I dream for a time, Scott, when we don't have to send guys to go do those things. I do, but I love the idea that, there are guys who join for all the right reasons. And um, I'm gonna, I want to do both things. I want to support the warriors, and I want to attack the cowards that profit from it. So I hope you don't mind if I insult a lot of American foreign policy. And I hope you understand I'm always paying homage to the warriors that are the, the used in the foreign policy. So I want to thank you. You know, I hate that phrase, thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your commitment to a country to do things I appreciate on it. behalf of it. So that's what I appreciate. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you, brother, and, and keep up the fire and doing what you're doing, man. It's important work as thank well. You, thank you, Scott. It is savethebrave.org. Everybody go to it. I'm going to go to it during this break. I'll be back afterwards. Thank you, Scott. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, the answer. AM560, the answer. It's the most aggravating thing about our foreign policy, as far as I'm concerned. And I couldn't help but notice, did you hear how he mentioned the Iraqis? The people that were translators in Afghanistan and the rest of it? Exactly how much attention is really... I mean, I know they make movies and whatnot, but what exactly is the policy? Cynthia Palos Park. Hey. Hi, Sean. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Impressive young man, Scott, was. Oh, what a a man. Uh, Listen, I have a question. Maybe you can tell me the legality of it. But why can't we have a policy where when these guys get into trouble, they get out of high school, these young men, and they get in trouble with the law, and we give an option, either serve time or serve your country. They had that in World War II. And how did it work? And they had it in Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, I even think they had it into the 80s, but I don't know. And I think that, uh, you know, you don't know how it works, right? I mean, you would like to be optimistic about it, but it's like anything else. I'm sure it has issues. And, you know, we have issues now in the military where we have gang infiltration, cartel infiltration. Nothing is perfect. There's no real blanket solution for individual problems, but it should be something that is always given to everybody, right? But the key is... Shouldn't there be more restraint on the policies that send these guys over? Because this guy wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't a necessity. You know, the argument really is, is it 16 or is it 22 veterans that kill themselves every day? When you look at the homelessness, how many of them are veterans? You know, you don't know. Uh, But one thing's for certain, it seems to be where it's convenient to ignore the ramifications of bad policy. You know, if you listen to our conversation, I'm pretty sure we agreed a lot on foreign policy. I'm pretty sure we agree a lot on current policy. And, you know, I, I for me, when I talk to a Marine like that, I have to remember I don't want to also offend the fact that what he was sent for is very hard to point the reason or the result, right? Because I'm not trying to depress mm-hmm. anybody. But what is it like for mm-hmm. these guys who come back? And maybe they did things they wouldn't have done, but they did it out of patriotism. And they're not injured physically, but they're injured mentally. And now they have to walk around for the rest right. of their life and realize that they have to live with a lot of terrible things. That's not right either, which is why in a perfect system, no. you never really have to send them. And if you had intellectuals or if you had people who understood the ramifications of their actions in charge of policy, you maybe wouldn't. But when you look at what we're looking at around the world, it seems to be we're going to keep sticking the knife in the outlet. Thank you very much, Cynthia. I appreciate it, and the, it's savethebrave.org, and it's an easy site, and it's an easy way to navigate, and it's something that we should remember. But there's so many other atrocities afoot, scandal after scandal. And when you look at the current dimwit in diapers pretending to be the president, you realize he was paid to fail. He was paid and bribed to fail in the Middle East, to destroy the peace and tranquility and the economic sis- system we have here, backdoor nationalize. And he's paid by all kinds of scum, all kinds of scallywags. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, And the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. So now when I play the story of the Marine who was arrested by Russia, released, and then injured, I'm not mad at the Marine. I understand why he did it. I don't think he thought it out. But I do understand that this Marine, like so many others, is a pawn of corruption. But we do begin with that breaking news. The State Department now confirming to us that former Marine Trevor Reed, that was released from Russia in a prisoner swap last year, has actually been injured while fighting in Ukraine. I'm mad he was there fighting. I'm not mad at him. He did what he thought was right. He bought the lie of the con of the scallywag, of the profiteer of corrupt policy. Later this week, senators will debate legislation to protect kids' privacy online, which I've been calling for for two years. Yeah, in between sniffing kids and showering with his daughter, the scum that he is. The Marine isn't the one who's the criminal or the one who did something wrong. He did things right. He was blindfolded with a flag. Who blindfolded him with the flag? The scum politician. The coward whose kids never go. And they never went. I think Joe Biden got five deferments from Vietnam. 
He was an athlete, though. He had asthma. Never died from it, though. Here he is, 1,002. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So I have to tell you, yesterday's announcement of the peace treaty in Chicago between the labor extortion mafia and the Democrat politicians was phenomenal for me. Because I like the fact that they're calling it a treaty. Yeah, that's right, Patrick. And essentially what this peace agreement means is that union members won't strike during the convention when it is here in Chicago next year. It's like what... uh, Iraq and Afghanistan used to sign with the Taliban before they took it over the uh, peace agreement. As long as union members are treated with dignity and have a safe place to do the work that they need. And all over the country, the labor extortion mafias are threatening to halt everything from the supply chain to Hollywood. Well, in Hollywood, any twosome newsome freak that he is with the Getty money. Newsom uh, moves to negotiate the Hollywood strike. The strike nobody really gives a rip about. And what? how does Newsom solve the problem? He raises money. He raises money from his rich friends, and they raise, from what the uh, article shows, $6, 7000000 million. And where's the money go? I love the way they raise money in the name of the working man. Cream Puff Jim. Yeah, Sean, can you hear me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, UPS uh, settled the strike. That was pretty good. The only thing was beautiful about it, they got air-conditioned trucks. So now they got to work in air-conditioned trucks. And it's been so hot out that I make him a double job like to just sit in the truck for a couple hours. Oh, I mean, I, I'm guessing UPS has to deliver your lunch. But the reality is, I wonder, you know, only a portion of UPS is unionized. I think it's about 70%. Uh, I have a UPS driver that I know very well, and he deserves air conditioning. There's no question about it. But you know what else he deserves? He deserves to know why the head of the union for UPS makes 722000 a year. Can you explain that to me? Yeah, but the guy selling the boxes make millions. You know what I mean? So, uh, so, so somebody, who's the bad guy in this story? Well, I don't know, but he really, but the food chain is... Yeah. You know who the bad guy in the story is? Sean O'Brien at a short-in-the-pants mafia who sits on his ass and waits for food to be delivered, making 722000 sticking up for the guy who's making thirty four, who can't figure out if he didn't have the union in the middle, he might be making 80000 a year. Thank you very much, Jim. We'll do math later. No one said there would be math. In the meantime, when it comes to math, just how many people are in the country illegally? What that is, I mean, again, just to, just to read, because... What Mr. Gates was trying to get at, I think what the country would like to know is we know that there's been an influx of people coming in two over two million encounters on our southern border inadmissible. By the way, I heard Nikki Whaley talk about how the uh, Marxist mafia in Chicago, called the Democrats, wants to raise more tax money to house illegal aliens. What about the veterans that are without housing uh, aliens on our southern border? We know that that number has come in since Joe Biden's been president. We know it's a big number. And all he was asking was, how many of that two-point-something million, over two million, how many have went through the adjudication process and actually been removed? Mr. Chairman. And you're telling, you're telling the, the Judiciary Committee today you don't know what that number is? Mr. Chairman, what I am sharing with you is that we will provide you with whatever data you request 
No, no, that's not where we're, I, I want to go right, but it's a simple, we, we've had kind of two simple questions that you didn't give an answer to, and I just want to know, if, give you a, a second chance here if you'll do it. What is that number? Out of that two-point-something universe of inadmissible a- aliens encountered on our southern border who've come into the country, been released into the country, how many... You know what number I'm interested in? What's the number of health care costs? What's the number of education costs? What are some of the numbers? And, you know, when you see these meetings, you realize the kind of Democrats you're dealing with. Went through the adjudication process and then been removed. Mr. Chairman, I'd be pleased to provide you with that. Can you guess? Mr. Chairman, it is. Can you give an estimate? Mr. Chairman, I will not. Why why will you not give an estimate to the American people? Because they would like to know, because that sort of frames it. Here's what's come in. Here's you know what it'll be. It'll be the same gaga we've been hearing for forty fracking years. Eleven to thirteen million. Now, I know, and you know how I feel about people who come here for the right reasons, for Americanism, who don't want to be a part of the corrupt Democrat mafia. They will be the ones that save this country. It won't be the American Democrat morons who want to navigate a corrupt system for personal enrichment, like these idiot Democrat judges. Do you remember a case called Downey v. Pennsylvania Department of Corrections? Yes, I recall that case. And were you reversed in that case? Yes, I believe I was. Remember a case called called Rejean v. Wetzel? Wetzel? I I vaguely recall that case, yes, sir. And were you reversed by our court there, too? I believe that our report recommendation was not adopted in full. Okay. I don't have time to finish this list. I mean, it's longer than King Kong's arm here. She's a Democrat. Never been right in her miserable existence. And put some makeup on. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Splendid. Where do you think this is going to go with uh, the possible impeachment of Biden? I hope they put this guy through the ringer. What do you think? It's going to be as much theater as pretending there's an election where the good guy can win. It's going to be very entertaining, but it isn't going to lead to much except strength in the mafia. I think he's going to be exactly where he is tonight, where he was 10 years ago. He'll be in some whorehouse with unlimited crack and unlimited support from Democrat mafia. What do you think? Uh, That's all i got to say is, uh, There you go. (laughs) 312-642-5600. If you care to participate, we'll be back after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, it's exciting time. And you have to remember the one thing we know is that we don't know. There are good things happening around the country. Now, granted, in these Democrat hellholes, no, not so good. Unless you're in the mafia, then you're getting all kinds of money for nothing and checks for free. However, in good-run areas, in decent-run areas, there's a completely different environment than what you, unfortunately, are used to in Illinois or if you live in New York or California, anywhere there's a Democrat in charge. There's about 20 good states that are actively strengthening the individuality and the property rights of their citizens. From day one, lawmakers have said property tax cuts are the number one priority for the Texas government. Six and a half months later, lawmakers have accomplished that goal, sending an $18 billion package to Governor Greg Abbott's desk. Can you imagine? Property taxes go down as housing prices go up. 
It's like a win for the free citizen. But that's because Texas and 20 other states around the country are built in the ideology of property rights, propertyism, often referred to as capitalism. But other nations around the world are indicators of where the Democrat sewer states will go. And when I heard this story, I couldn't help but think of Illinois and specifically Chicago, and I wonder how long until this policy is floated in America. Right, well, talk to me about this rental plan in Victoria. Daniel Andrews is considering a rent freeze. So if you're a landlord, you'll only be able to increase rents once every two years, despite the fact the RBA might jack up your mortgage uh, every single month. You can only move the, the rents every two years. See, now, Australia, they're about half a lap in front of Chicago, New York, and New Jersey in socialistic failure and corruption. So what they're doing is if you think you own something, you don't. And if you want to charge what you want to charge for something, you can't. And potentially they'll even tell you how much extra you can charge. The Premier also... That's what it's like to be a slave with the illusion of property rights. Kind of like Chicago or Illinois. ...wants to tax you if you've got an Airbnb. Well, again, it continues this attack on the people that actually create jobs and run businesses. I mean, Peter, Daniel Andrews would say, well, we're only considering this. We're trying to do a, a widespread re review to see what works best for both those who have rental properties and those who are renting. And in the meantime, it's like our own Federal Reserve. What happens to the people who are living, who are trying to get ahead? What exactly happens to them? Future guidance was identical to June, leaving the door open to another rate move in the future. That's kind of a way of controlling the ebb and flow of private property. Just in Australia, they're a little more upfront about it. David in Lansing. Hey, Sean. Um, I was just thinking about your last guest and other guests. Your, your guests are very good lately. I, I, I enjoy the show. Lately? Um, They've been good for three years, jerky. Well, Go ahead. They've been getting better, getting, getting better. That's what I meant. Um, I just wanted to shout out to the Salem media executives that you're doing the right thing. Allow Sean to say what he wants within FCC limits, of course. Yes. And just yes. keep doing what you're doing because the other stations, I don't know if they're getting worse or your show's getting better. I, I kind of quit going to 890. <laughs> I tell you, anyway, I don't know if I like a backhanded compliment, but, but thank you. I think you intended it for the right reasons. We just got to work on your I delivery. Did. But did, uh, yeah. the what was the, what was the organization of fascism you referred to the FCC? Yeah, FCC. They don't allow turf oh, free speech. You know oh. they, they. Yeah. Gots on ghoul to them. Thank you very much, David and Lansing. See what I did there, Squirrel? You picked up on it, didn't you? In the meantime, you see what they're doing in Washington? Secretary Mayorkas, we have the frustrating responsibility on this committee of providing oversight of your agency. But I have to be honest and tell you, I'm not sure exactly what you do at the Department of Homeland Security other than great harm. On your watch, the data is pretty clear. We've had record levels of illegal immigration, a rapid decline in deportations, skyrocketing fentanyl deaths across our country, and the Secret Service, which is a DHS component, can't determine who left cocaine at the White House. I want you to hear what it's like to have representation you can be proud of. So I play you Republicans from other states, because it's important you're motivated. And it's important you never lose sight of the fact that it's still America. You're still free about, you're free to move about the country. No plug for United. We thoroughly vet. You've really emphasized that. Do you vet every member of the household? And does it include an FBI check? Does it include an Interpol check? 
I would hope that it would, considering that we've had 151 different nationalities cross the southwest border under the... But that's all right. They're Democrats. Everyone knows the answer. They can't do anything, right? We'll be back in 21 hours to expose it and kick their teeth down their throat again. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.